0: Gfam fam, wow, wow, wow. I cannot wait to share today's Ceremony Circle episode with you. For anyone new to the show, I am your host, Shaman, and the author of the best-selling animal power book and deck, Allison Charles. And today we are taking you on an ancient, esoteric, honoring Hawaiian voyage to immerse in the sacred wisdom teachings of these islands and its peoples with Keoni the founder of pohala, which is esoteric Hawaiian botanical medicine. Keone is a descendant of the Mu people, the inhabitants of Northwestern Hawaiian islands before the migration of the Polynesians. And Keone comes from a long line of medicine holders, makers, and mystics. A vast majority of what he knows regarding plant medicine and distillation comes from this direct lineage. His grandmother and female elders taught him the trade of plant extraction, and most of the methods he resources in medicine-making remains loyal to these practices. Medicinals, including the oils, tinctures, hydrosols, and essences, are gathered and honored in ceremony and thus extracted in small batches over a period of time loyal to distinct moon phases, which place a botanical's specific house of power, He is just one of only a handful of practitioners who have access and are willing to share this ancient archaic knowledge. And I've been truly, I mean, truly, truly, honestly blown away by these ancient esoteric botanicals that he co-creates with the plants and flowers that are native to Hawaii, especially the fern. I'm for real, pretty speechless. And today you're going to learn how working with ferns helps us and how they're the rarest living being in two particular ways. We learn what sorcerer's wood is, how this is one oil that Kaoni creates that transported me to other worlds instantly. We also learn why working with hibiscus flower is important, especially now how to open your communication lines with nature. He gives beautiful examples of how you can speak to and receive answers from our plant and flower friends. Keone's long lineage of Hawaiian mystics and kahunas, his wild awakening story and the very, very unique place that it happened, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this is truly one of my all-time favorite episodes and you will know that I'm saying that honestly after listening fully to this one. And we close with Keoni guiding a brief but potent Hawaiian ritual called Kuliki, which is the ancient Mu greeting. So here we go in a sacred voyage of recovering codes and consciousness to unite humans and Hawaiian botanicals so we emerge in harmony once again with Keoni of Pohala. Oh boy, oh my goodness. I am sitting and really excited and expansive and rich energetics right now because I have Keoni with me. Thank you so much for joining me from Hawaii, brother.
1: Mahalo. Thank you, sister Allison. It's, it's really a pleasure to be here with you. I love that word that you just shared super energetics. Yes. Let's get this energetics super.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's been long happening ever since. So our mutual friend, Devana, she's the one who shared with me about you. And I can't remember what she and I were talking about one day. Maybe it was, we were talking about, I think the the Rose, the energetics of the Rose, and that took her to her time when she was in Hawaii. And there's like a specific Hawaiian Rose that you work with. And a friend was like, Oh, I have this brother who's coming over here and he works with botanicals. So anyways, the dots of how you and I got connected. I love that. And then when I went to your website, I just, I think I'll start with honoring you for Just the words, what words do I want to use? Meticulousness came in, but like just the unique, beautiful way in which you share about your work and you share about your heritage and the lineage that you come from and are a part of, and the way you describe all of your products. I mean, I've been in the health and wellness industry really my whole life, and I've never seen or felt anyone do it the way you do.
1: Oh, wow. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for that reflection. And I I truly feel like the apothecary that I work with, the botanicals I work with and the work that I'm in, I feel every component of it must be a ceremony. And so that's really the objective is to ensure that everything is comprised of ceremony.
0: Well, it's noticed and felt, and I highly recommend, I mean, we're going to talk about so much, so don't leave the episode yet to go to his website, but When we're done, I mean, just to sit in the essence and the vibration and the ceremonial space that you create with your products and brand, it's, it's really one of a kind. So let's keep along this vein of Pohala, which I wrote here. It means to recover consciousness, to wake up from stupor and to ascend. And this is your line, your brand of esoteric Hawaiian botanical medicine. Did I get that correct?
1: Yes, you did.
0: (laughs) Okay. So can you let us all know, because I have been feeling called to bring someone on who really works with Hawaiian lineage and and then here you are. So this is going to be a lot of new information. So I think I'd like to start with you sharing just a little bit about your lineage on your grandmother and your grandfather's side of things, and then how that started to guide you to creating Pohala.
1: Oh, wow. Mahalo. Thank you. And certainly, I I love your protocol as well, Allison, because in the Hawaiian culture, one of the first things that we do in proclaiming who we are and what we do is to also call in our lineage. So mahalo for this opportunity. My maternal grandmother traditionally hanai me, and in our culture, Hanai means to adopt. So I was under her care for the first five years of my life. And this is very traditional, and the purpose of Hanai is so that a child can become indoctrinated and versed in that lineage, in the history, the mo'olelo, as we say, the history of that lineage. We're really lucky, my line is really lucky, because we still have access to 20,000 years of historical reference with the lineage. And that was done so because of this thing called hanai, where a child, the first five years of their life, becomes coded and activated in the traditions and the rituals of each individual family and when we go all the way back to 18000 BC the founder of a contemporary lineage and I want to make this clear because when people talk about time frame like that 18000 BC how can that be contemporary well because we've been here for so much longer <laughs> and so when i refer to the founder of my contemporary lineage mahat Mahat is the contemporary founder because our lineage, of course, spans much further beyond that. However, we believe that there was some kind of cataclysm that occurred and it took thousands of years for humanity to recover. So Mahat was the one who resurrected the lineage and that's why Mahat is the contemporary founder. Now in Hawaiian culture and Mew culture, which is prehistoric Hawaiian, many people call that Lemuria. We have something, a tradition known as the Oli Helu, Oli Helu, and this is a lineal chant. Now, we didn't write things down. What we did was we coded our own nervous system and our spinal cord with a chant of vibration. And this is how we keep our sacred doctrine. And each generation becomes versed in that chant. This is how we withhold our lineage. And so I was taught the Oli Helu, and in the Olihelu, when we go all the way back to Mahat in 18,000 BC, we say names, we say things that could correlate to time frames, such as Mahat in the chant of Mahat, he's referred to as that of Girtget, Girt and when we translate Girtget, it refers to the stars in Mataroro and Draco, which would have been the pole star. So now, now we can really gauge that time frame. And another thing that we reference with Mahat is something known as Pua Ehu Ehu. And Pua Ehu Ehu is fern medicine. And so this was really the founding of the medicine I work with today. And what's also pretty cool and pretty significant is because this is held in a chant that is 20,000 years old, this makes it also one of the oldest medicines known to man. Uh, it has landed because I have the contemporary voice and the contemporary kino or the body because I'm the animate form of the lineage now. Now this is part of my kia kahi, my purpose to ensure that this legacy proliferates. And so a lot of what I work with on the website pohala.net, the botanicals that I work with are all about ferns and fern medicine, Pua ehu ehu.
0: My Lord, I'm already there. I don't know if, you know, I suppose there's a pretty good chance that some past life I hail from Lemuria or Hawaii, but in just, this is one of my favorite things about coming back into communion with fellow beings that I perhaps have known before or hear again of lineages that resonate because there's just such a specific activating feel that comes alive inside of me. And yeah, it's so deeply moving because even though what's occurring inside of me right now, unless I were to share about it, like I am, nobody would have an awareness that something is happening yet. There's something so profound that's occurring in real time right now. So I just wanted to speak that alive and and also just kind of pull in the awareness that this can happen when we have conversations like this. And if we're feeling a certain draw or pull or call to learn about a particular plant or about a particular location, you know, I just always recommend to honor and heed those calls because I feel like there's codes and something being shared in me just hearing what you spoke of.
2: Mm, wow,
1: Mahalo Allison. And this is what you're sharing too, is something that's so important and, and is so needed now, which is our simple availability. And in a world that's been constructed in in patriarchy, there's a lot of suspicion and therefore there's a lot of scrutiny. And so a lot of us perhaps are even unaware that we're shut. And so we're not even available to have these points of activation like you're sharing. And Pohala, when I say that word Pohala to recover consciousness, to wake from stupor, I'm referring to the remedy of amnesia mm. for all of us to pardon our amnesia and to allow our ascension to be more interesting.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, I can just feel how authentically integrated into what you create, co-create with these plants and flowers and with your lineage. It's just, the essences are so authentically steeped within, yeah, it's like, I, I, I can just feel and see a lot in our conversation. So I'm going to do my best to manage everything that's occurring for me (laughs) and stay on track that I'm also supposed to talk because we're doing a podcast, but yeah, there's a lot happening and you sharing, you know, again, hearing from your mouth, the meaning of Pohala. It's making more and more sense. So, before we move on from your lineage, because it goes back so many, many thousands of years and feels so important to honor. I was also curious if you could share a little bit about the difference. I've heard the word kahuna or big kahuna a lot, but then when I was on your website, I saw that you come from a line of medicine holders, makers, mystics, which we call in Hawaiian, and I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this correctly, but makuala. So what is the difference between the word I just tried to say and a kahuna?
1: Oh my gosh, this is such a contemporary question. Thank you so much, Allison. Yes, we have something called the kahuna. And this is what many people are more familiar with when we talk about like medicine people, channelers of ancient Hawaii or of Mu. And then we also have makaula. Now, makaula is a mystic. Now, the difference between a kahuna and a makaula is about relatability. A kahuna may not be relatable because they exist in so many dimensions and the way that they channel is going to be in so many such a spectrum of ways that it may not be relatable we can even feel this as an oracle an oracle is one who transfers sacred knowledge but the oracle itself may not be relatable
2: Mm.
1: a makaula a mystic The reason why a mystic is relatable is because this is really the objective of a mystic. And I just want to clarify that mysticism, and this is even in the Webster's Dictionary, the definition of mystics or mysticism is to become absorbed into the deity of the absolute. Now, when one becomes absorbed into the deity of the absolute, one locates that which is also most relatable to an entire collective, translates it to make it relatable for the entire collective and this is why allison i always say a mystic shows up on time a mystic pays the bills a mystic because a mystic is relatable we have the kahuna they live in a different sphere they're even shapeshifters, right but the mystics are the ones who can have that job Have the conversations, meet people where they're at, and then still consistently transfer sacred knowledge into a way that's relatable so that all can understand, not just the chosen few.
0: Wow, that is such a clear beautiful and as concise as possible way of differentiating the two. And I was kind of laughing as you were describing it because I know the difference because I know those who operate more on the Kahuna side of things and those who operate more on the mystic side of things. And it is pretty vastly different in a lot of respects. So, okay. Thank you for explaining that. Gosh, I just want to see if there's anything else that we want to talk about in regard to your lineage, just because it's so activating and bringing me so alive. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make it shorter than what we need. Is there anything else percolating up inside of you. Like I know that you, I guess I want to go a little bit more into some specifics, perhaps with your grandmother, because if I'm not mistaken, she's the one that really started to cultivate this remembering within you of how to communicate and work with honor with plant spirits, specifically those native to Hawaii. So Can you give us a couple of examples of like what you and your grandma would do together? Would she take you out into nature and explain things? Or would you chant together? What were some of those activities?
1: Mm, Mahalo. Yes, my grandmother is Kawiki Onalani. And my entire life from when I was born until I was five was just one constant ceremony. And I didn't realize how unique that was until I joined my parents once again and lived that very Western lifestyle and was seen as this really awkward, even frightening and threatening child to my peers because I was so incredibly different. But for me, I didn't think that was anything unusual the way that I was brought up. But just as you're saying, you know, a lot of our day would be comprised of chant and chant would be to enliven a frequency. And even the skill of a maku'ula and a kahuna, the skill of animating something is to allow something to become buoyant and to levitate. And when I say levitate, I mean energetically. It's the light body. And so the chanting really allows us to come into that levitation. You may have heard this in the esoteric world, something called Fohat. And hot is the animating principle. And for us Hawaiians, we know that to be done through prayer and prayer through chant. And so a lot of when my grandmother would take me into indoctrinations of animation to animate things, and we're even talking about changing the direction of a river, or to bring in rain clouds, that's what we would do. We would chant it in. It's a sacred prayer.
0: Oh gosh, it's so timely too. Chanting has always been a pretty steady through line for me on my lifelong journey, but especially once I had my divine intervention and spiritual awakening the, the call to lean more heavily into Sanskrit chanting really came in loud and clear. And just this past weekend, my husband and I had such, you know, an honoring, special, unique time with a guru dev from India who, you know, is not on social media. And I won't get too much into it because he's just now in a place where, you know, he's coming down from the Himalayas and being guided to share the ancient teachings that he is here to share more publicly. But just the past three days, we were able to sit with him and learn from him and be bathed in his ancient chanting that he's able to do in different hurts and, you know, goes through the Indian and Tibetan lineages, you know, so many thousands and thousands of years back. And I guess I'm just speaking more along this chanting line because for any of the soul family sitting around the fire and joining us today, if there's Any sort of percolation or resonance or activation happening within you when you hear us speaking of chanting, I just couldn't recommend more highly that once again, you lean into that. So with your lineage, Kaoni, do you, in any of the live events or online events you do or on your website, do you ever share chants or do you keep them more to yourself?
1: Oh, it's almost always shared. Because it's also a a proper protocol in the culture. And it's also how we set the tone for a ceremony. And we always feel it like this as we chant, because it's comprised of frequencies. The frequencies are like threads that are weaving a mat, a carpet to which the entire soul family can gather on. And it establishes something that's very important for transparency and for truth, and that's called safety. It's the chanting and the frequency, which establishes the safety to which we now can expose ourselves and share.
0: And so if anyone would love to hear any of the chants from your lineage, do you have any of those available on your website or? I most certainly do. Oh, great. I
1: I work with a a Hawaiian woman who co-hosts a lot of my online ceremonies and she is a superb chanter as well. And so all the workshops that we offer virtually are also offered as replays. So you can access them on my website. And like I said, it always begins and then it will end in a
2: chant.
0: Okay, perfect. Well, there you go. It's like cr- holding my breath. I was you know <laughs> pumping up, chanting so much. And then it's like, oh, we don't have any of them recorded, but you do. So perfect. Okay, <laughs> we'll make sure to link that. Okay, so let's keep flowing on the river that is Pohala. At what point in your personal earth walk, in your journey, did it all, <laughs> did your past lives and did your upbringing, you know, and, and learning about your heritage, did it all coalesce and bring you to this place of clarity of what you are to share and the naming of it was there a one moment in time that it all kind of came to a head
1: oh my gosh yes and you know this is the path of all of us we have we have a fork in the road that that we all face in our lives and one path is called grace and the other path is called trauma and my kupuna my elders would say no matter what you choose you'll end up at the same place but just consider that grace is going to be a lot less destructive not just for you, but think about all of us. I chose trauma. And, you know, when I left my grandmother to be with my parents, it was a shock for me to see a different world and to become very insecure about who I was because it was not compatible. I I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be part of a community. And the life that I had lived up until I was five was just not present in that world. And so I ended up conforming and performing and being someone completely inauthentic. And of course, it's incredibly exhausting. And when that's perpetuated, the exhaust turns into either isolation or belligerency. And in my form of belligerency was drug addiction, which led me to become a criminal, which led me to be incarcerated. It was at that moment of incarceration that it was really like the breaking point for me when I really realized, oh, this is trauma, this is trauma. And I had this spark of intelligence that said, will you stay or will you go? And I knew, I knew that my kia kahi, my purpose was not accomplished. And so I said, I will stay. And I had a vision that came through the moment I made that commitment in being incarcerated, right, being in the belly of the beast and all the depravity. But I had a vision and it was of my grandmother's hand her hands and they were cupped and directed towards me and of course it's poetic and so I went into my poetry and I translated what does that mean and it said your kia kahi your purpose is in what your grandmother offered you the ike the knowledge the lineage pua ehu ehu fern medicine chant ulu movement breath all of that and I finally located my kia kahi and my life changed forever and that's why pohala is so important to me as a word and the energy of the word, because that's the moment I awoke from
2: stupor.
0: Oh my Lord. <clears throat> I that was not, I did not find that on your website. So this <laughs> is <laughs> breaking news story on my end. This is so incredible and beautiful. Thank you for your honesty and transparency. And it's truly in this type of storytelling that holds so much medicine and liberation and freedom for others, you know, because we all encounter our own unique journeys. You know, I definitely was such a different person before I had my own divine intervention. My husband, the same, you know, he, he has shared publicly. So I'm not like outing him in any dishonoring way. When I say, you know, he was a very severe, hardcore drug addict, also a bit of a criminal at different points. And it was when he finally agreed to go into rehab that he prayed for the first time in his life. And there was this whole, you know, really profound surrender moment and communing with the divine that forever altered the entire course of his life. He was able to get sober in that moment and he's now 25 years sober. And, you know, I just love when we're able to share both ends, you know, the dichotomy and the polarity and Open people up to what's possible. People can greatly evolve and change in one lifetime.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And blessed be to the pohala of your partner.
0: Mm, thank you for that. Now I want to go into a couple of things. You can tell me where you want to go first. I definitely want to cover as much about fern medicine as possible because when I went to your website, thank God I heard the intuitive whisper that was like, make sure you get some of his products before you talk to him. And I was like, oh, right. Thank you. Whoever that was. And I went onto your website and was so excited. I I got for anyone watching the video, this is the wild fern mist. My husband and I like cannot quit misting ourselves obsessed, <laughs> such a game changer. So really into that. And then I have the wild fern tincture, the pure DNA spiral recall. Hello. I mean, just that title alone should rope you in. And then you, what I really loved is, I mean, I learned so much about ferns just by going on your website. I, I love how you have all these different categories. I went with the fern for or of divine creation, but you also have listed, you know, fern medicine for grief, for synthesis for glee, you know, all of these different categories. And I just went with the one that spoke to me the most, which was divine creation. Let's open up this big magnificent portal that is ferns. And can you share some of the unique attributes of ferns because they hold abilities and Healing attributes that are different than any other living being on this entire planet. Yes, I get really geeked out now on ferns, so tell us all about them, please.
1: Yes, mahalo, Allison, and the medicinals seem super happy to be there. (laughs) The ones that you showed, so yay, energetic match! Yes. So ferns are are very, very unique because they are the only species on our planet that is known to have achieved evolutionary stasis. The other word for evolutionary stasis is homeostasis. Now, the significant thing with this and what this truly means is that something has reached its evolutionary ceiling. It's complete.
0: I mean, I honestly didn't even know you know, because in shamanism and everything I teach, it's always, you know, the path of infinite evolution, right. And reminding people to not be so hard on themselves because we're here to learn and to grow and we can do so infinitely. So when I read that the ferns have reached their full evolutionary capabilities, my mind was blown.
1: Yes. Yes. And they'll take a fern fossil from 180 million years ago and Compare that to testing one in your backyard and it's 99.99% completely the same. And there's only a, a small differential because of climate or because of other very superficial reasons why it would be changed in any way. So when something has reached its evolutionary ceiling, when something is complete, this also means it has a skill that is incredible. And that is, it's no longer required to accumulate data. So you and I as evolving beings, evolving species, we're accumulating a lot of data, whether or not that data is honest or virtuous, that's questionable. But a lot of us are accumulating things that perhaps have compromised our own ascension. And I always take this back to interest, right? Whatever you find interesting throughout the day, that's your focus. That's what supposedly nourishes you. Ferns, they are not accumulating data. So they have achieved their innocence. It's like that full circle back to something's innocence. Now the human emotion, because this is what Fern Medicine is all about. It's about human emotions, the human emotion for us as human beings, as organic human beings, which mean we have the carbon, 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 hydrogen bond. And I just want to clarify with our soul family right now how incredible this is to have a carbon 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 hydrogen bond, because this means we come from the base composite of who and what we are is the ultraviolet light of a star. So, if you've ever heard that saying, you're starlight, it's like it's literal. <laughs> We're starlight. So, this human experience is based on an electrical experience. And the most electrical thing in the sphere of the sovereign individual is our emotions. Emotion is our stimulus and stimulant of how we interact with the phenomenal animate world. So this begs the question, how are you interacting with that electrical experience? Many of us have preconceived notions about what emotions are. And so we are perhaps even mandating Different emotions to be a certain way. Yes. We are in possession of certain emotions because we want to make them stay.
2: Yes. And
1: there are certain emotions that we reject because we don't want them to be here at all.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. The exploration of the human emotional spectrum and landscape is such a hugely important one and it brings up and elicits so many different dynamics it's bringing up a lot in me because it's something that i i teach a lot about like if one can agree and allow themselves the grace and space to lean into and learn how to trust themselves and experiencing the full spectrum of human earthly emotions. It's one of the biggest keys that you can put in the treasure chest that is earth incarnation because as long as you are exactly like you you just said, as long as there are certain emotions that as soon as they start to trigger up or percolate up your first bodily or mental or whatever reaction is to suppress or push down or shove back or become afraid of that creates such disconnection within our own cells, within our own being, which then that disconnection can only fractal out into the world, and so a big starting point in getting into healthy oneness and totality and in healthy relation with all that is is first going into, and maybe like as a brief practice is writing down a list of possible emotions, and then maybe rating yourself on a scale. You know, when 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 you see anger on a piece of paper, like where would you rate yourself in terms of having a healthy or unhealthy relationship with anger? You know, maybe 10 is super healthy. I know how to work with it in a healthy way and to not project it out onto others and cause harm. And maybe one is as soon as anger comes up, you're you shove it down and you run from it. And just to begin that exploration. So I'm going to stop here, but Fern medicine and knowing that it seems to also be the medicine of emotional intelligence and learning how to work healthily with the full spectrum of human emotions. It just feels so huge and important.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you, you just expressed that so beautifully. And, you know, I really love how you're bringing in this scale, right? One through 10 of anger. And I can even share it just as you're saying that, you know, perhaps the five can be that the purpose of anger as an emotion is to inspire us to pivot, to pivot. And so there's a lot of sacred knowledge that the emotions want to share with us about how we ourselves can go into homeostasis. Now, biologically, we must enter homeostasis in order to properly hull to ascend. And of course, these teachings would come from organic compound that themselves are in homeostasis. Mm. This is called responsible transference. Now, I also want to share that the ferns, this is in our doctrines, the ferns volunteered to hold the human emotions. They volunteered until the time is hemolele or perfect to gift it back to the humans. And I always say I love that because we're having this conversation now and especially correlating to an Aquarian shift and a feminine shift. The time is hemolele. It's time for us to really initiate ourselves into the emotional experience. This is how we can become touched by life, not just an observer mm. of life, an audience member of life, to become truly touched by life. This allows us to learn by way of trial and error. Wow. There's no greater way to learn about life and what it is to be alive than trial and error. And the emotions want nothing more than to support us in
0: Hi, fam. Hope you're loving today's episode. I wanted to quick remind you that you are in the window right now to register for the live online Holy Mama program hosted by dear friend and recent Ceremony Circle guest, best selling author Melissa Ambrosini. The Holy Mama program is basically the ultimate guide to all things conscious conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and conscious parenting. You can check it all out at allisoncharles.com slash holy mama. That's allisoncharles.com slash holy W-H-O-L-Y-M-A-M-A, Holy Mama. And the window to enroll is only now through November 3rd. So if it resonates, jump over there ASAP because the Holy Mama program features live training sessions, Q&A calls, never-before-seen interviews with the highest world-class pregnancy and birth experts, including one of my favorites, Dr. Cleopatra. You can learn at home, go at your own pace, and have ongoing access for the entire life of the program. Remember, this includes everything conscious conception, radiant pregnancy, and empowered birth and postpartum, and conscious parenting. Now, only when you get registered through alisoncharles.com slash mama, I'll also send you some free bonus shamanic journeys that I guide just for you. All right, much love, fam, and back to today's episode. So where I'm being guided now is for you to take us a bit into how the process works in terms of going to these different I don't know if the correct terminology is types or species of ferns and how you know which ones to work with to bring forward like for me with the fern medicine of divine creation I loved how when I went onto the website it talked about that oh, I even put it in here how mine, let me see if I can find it, is the fern of resource and the resourceful, the personification of divine creation to experience a shift into unlimited access of resource. And I think mine happened to be a feminine fern. I could be incorrect, but like you you break it down into really explaining all these different types of botanical medicinals that you have. So can you just enlighten us a little bit more on how this process works, (laughs) how you do it and how these ferns then work with us, whether through this tincture form that I have, where I put the dropper under my tongue or through the fern mist, how are they doing this healing work for us?
1: Oh, mahalo. Yes. There are 103 native Hawaiian ferns that correlate to 103 human emotions. Of course, the spectrum of everything to which we feel as a sensation goes way beyond 103. So they're an umbrella of the 103. There are 51 energetically masculine, 51 energetically feminine, and one androgynous. The body, the actual body composition of a fern is androgynous. It's asexual. It reproduces by way of spores. When something is energetically feminine, it's house of power is in that which we call the noun, or it is a state of being, it is it is one's knowing. It's also meditation. When something is in the house of power of the masculine, this is the verb, it has a lot to do with action and producing results, including structures. Now you have Uluhe, which is the fern of creation. And when something that's really unique about Uluhe is that creation is both parts verb and noun, especially when we feel into resource. First, I would love to share with the soul family here that there are resources everywhere. And it's great that we can acknowledge that. But this, your body and yourself is the primary resource. We get to begin to harness it harness the primary resource and so that's the noun aspect in recognition that this is a resource it has already been established it has already been determined and then we have the resources which can be created and this can be the the verb aspect of creation and you know like i'll give you a personal example when i was released from being incarcerated and i was exposed to a society that said because of the decisions you've made we now sentence you to a life of crime and poverty and i said no and if i don't see the resources what i'm going to do is i'm going to access this resource and i'm going to succeed it to create the resources that i deem sufficient for me and my gift and my ability to make contributions and so this is truly the power of Oluhe fern and creation And what it does when we make contact with this medicine, whether by the tinctures, the hydrosols, or just making contact with its physical body, its avatar, is it's gauging and realigning us into the interest of that emotion. And I want to make this clear because this is not about mandating. This is not about us having to feel we need to do something. It's burdensome. It's realigning us with the interest of that emotion and then because there's that consent that interest will become more friendly and then we will receive more clarification.
0: Mm, so interesting. And the question I'm about to ask you, I am fully aware like there might be a certain way that you can or can't feel you can answer it just whatever FDA stuff, but my husband and I are in the process of, you know, our journey of conscious conception and we want to start a family and I don't know, like, have you ever, I wondered, because divine creation just instantly jumped out at me on your website. And then later I was like, oh, I wonder if that one spoke to me, you know, obviously a big part of creation, you know, you're creating another human being. Have you ever heard stories, I guess we'll say of People working with the one that I have or other fern medicines, like to get pregnant or for different things of that nature?
1: Yes, I have. Yes. And this goes far beyond with stories of the ancient Hawaiians who resource uluhe. And uluhe, you know, uh, their physical body mirrors their emotional quality as well. If you ever look at uluhe, uh, one that's unfurling, it resembles fallopian tubes. So the physical body of a lot of the ferns will mirror the emotional quality to which they embody
0: you. Wow. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay.
0: So glad I asked. So intriguing. Actually, now I wonder the fern that you have in the image on the bottle, it looks like it's one that's curled up, but I could I could see how when it unfurls, it could look like a, a fallopian tube. Yeah, that's so interesting. Could you give a couple more examples? of the types like one that maybe would feel quite different than the divine creation one and you know the the emotion associated with it and then some of the properties of it
1: absolutely mahalo thank you the fern on that label i have like a a fern that i place on all the labels that's like the mascot of the ferns and the fern that's actually on that label for Oluhe, that's not actually Oluhe. that's this fern this is hapu Ee. Ha-pu-i-i, and hapu ii is the fern of preservation, emotional preservation. And I love having this conversation because many people say, how is preservation an emotion? And to translate it in layman terms, preservation is about Boundaries.
0: Love talking about boundaries on social <laughs> circle.
2: And,
1: is, yeah, and this is this is one of the reasons why so many of us are in depletion today, especially when we come into recognition of our gifts and other people's gifts. Many of us can't withstand that much because we're not enforcing boundaries. I want to share what Papuiee shared with me about sacred boundaries is that it's more parts invitation than it is rejection. The enforcement of boundaries is removing oneself and all others of assumptions, assumptions. And it's assumptions left unattended, which always results in war and war culture. And when we look around right now, we can see that's one of the loudest things in the collective. And it's from many have an inability to clarify how they're willing to be available. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, if I had my rattle, I just got a new desk in my <laughs> office. So things got moved around. But if my rattle were here, I would be rattling to everything you just said. That is profound.
1: And it's the teachings of Hapu Ii. And so we have 103 of these ferns that have the sacred knowledge that they just want to share with us. And then they want to activate that within us so that we become the evidence of it.
2: Mm.
1: We can study so much and we can look in books for so, uh, so much until we finally embody it. And then this... The primary resource becomes the evidence. You can't stand up to that. That's also how we come to respect one another. And I share it like this in my life, that to which I respect and those to whom I respect, there's no way I can harm them. Mm. That's the antidote to war.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. I feel like there's are so, I feel like we could break down this episode into like a course, like a, a- <laughs> Like a whole online, like earth mystery school, as I don't know even what Uh, to call it, but there's so much in mm -hmm. here. Wow. Do you ever, you know, when people come to visit, what island are you located on?
1: I'm located on Maui and I do also a lot of work on Kauai. So I travel between the two islands, but I'm based on Maui.
0: Okay. And like, do people ever come visit you? And can you like, if I were to come down there, can we walk in the nature and you be like, oh, this is such and such fern. And this is such and such. Like, do you ever do guided trips or adventures like that to share some of this Hawaiian knowledge?
1: From time to time I do. And I also teach retreats here in the islands. And so we, of course, become immersed in fern medicine. I also have mentorships with people, and we locate certain emotional qualities, which is really important for the resurrection of their centers. When I say centers, I'm talking about their internal masculine, their internal feminine, and their androgyny. And so with proper protocol, we must make contact with those ferns in the wild. So it's definitely something I love to do to reunite people with their fern family.
0: Mm, Amazing. Before we move on, because I definitely want to touch a bit on the hibiscus. It's a flower that I actually don't know a whole lot about other than just on a soul level. Like I even have a hibiscus tattoo on my arm. And it's just one that I've always felt a resonance and a, and a connection with. And when I was ordering things from your website, I got the hibiscus tincture or hydrosol for my husband for, it just, there was just a knowing that I had that he needed to use that. So I definitely want to learn a little bit more about hibiscus, but While we're still in fern land, is there anything that you feel, I mean, I know we could talk for days just about ferns, but is there anything that they are telling you right now that we should know any other information?
1: Yes. Yes. And this just correlates to also how we can make contact with the knowledge of ferns and all other botanicals and natural life. And that's once again, for each and every one of us to really affirm what presence means to us. And of course, there's definitions that's going to come at us about what presence is. And so all we're doing is imitating. And so I always encourage people, and this is something that I do with myself, is I affirm what presence means to me. Here's something that's really unique with presence. And the reason why it's our access point to telepathy and all the clairs, right? Claire Boy, Claire, all the clairs, is something about presence, which is so incredibly mysterious is that it's the merging of quantum and linear and therefore it cannot be measured nor can it be located and this is really where we have access to all the magic and this is one of the skills of the maka'ula of the mystics is they go into that space of presence right they expand into every dimension they don't go into different dimensions they expand into every and all dimensions and then consolidate it back and then make translations and that's really what the plant world is once again, reminding us affirm what presence is to you so that you can have access to your magic.
0: Ah, oh, I love that. And again, it's you, your teachings and the wisdom you're sharing. It's like taking me once again to the guru dev. I just spent the last three days over this full moon weekend with there's just so many parallels. I wonder I mean, of course, like all of these ancient traditions, they're all woven together in so many infinite ways, but it's just making me ponder in real time, like, the connections of ancient Lemuria with, you know, ancient teachings of India and Tibet, like, cause there's, there's just so much overlap and parallels. I'm, as I'm hearing you talk. Okay. And there was something else in that share the presence. Well, anyways, yes, everything Keoni said, I agree. <laughs> So yeah, I guess, I guess let's go ahead and shift over to hibiscus land and tell us some of the medicinal healing attributes. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you before we did that. Can you give a brief example? Cause on your website, you did this so beautifully of inviting people to open themselves up in an honoring way of communicating and communing with our plant spirit friends. Could you give a brief example of how you might recommend someone that's newer to this work, if they go out into the woods or even their backyard, like how to open that gateway of communication?
1: Yeah. Mahalo Allison. Cause this goes right in line with presence for me. And this is the way it was taught to me, but this is also just intuitively how I know to approach anything, anyone, plants, whatever, is the first step is nearly always not resourced. The first step is usually always neglected. And that's why organic plant medicine is not effective for many people. They have to consort to synthetic medicine. Is step number one is introduce yourself. Otherwise, it's actually also offensive to approach something of manna, of power, and say, I'm going to now extract this from you. I want to extract knowledge from you. The first step is introduce yourself because what's happening is you're cultivating intimacy. Intimacy is greatly needed for clear communication and clear unity. And so whenever I approach the plant world, whether it's for harvesting or just guidance, or even for me to partake in that medicine, I first introduce myself. My name is Keoni. Keoni. And I can even speak to it as if it's a practitioner and say, This is what's happening in my life right now. This is how I foresee I could be supported. And then step number two is be available for the response. If I live in urgency, I'm not going to be available for the response. I'm going to say what I need and what I want, and then I'm going to extract it without consent. The response is the consent. So remain available for the response this is also how you're going to fine-tune telepathy because once again you're going to understand that language and for me telepathy is not in English or Hawaiian it's not even a spoken language it's pings in my nervous system and if I so choose to I can translate those pings into a language so that I may transfer that knowledge but if I don't need to transfer that knowledge I don't need to translate that into a language
0: such a beautiful example. And it's, it's similar to how I commune, especially, you know, with, with plants and flowers, if I'm just out on a hike or a walk, sometimes I'll just have a general conversation. Sometimes if something's really speaking to me, and I think it might be of service for a friend or in our home, I always ask permission first and ask If I'm able to, you know, receive it or, you know, pull it, pluck it from the land. Cause like you said, without having that level of conversation and communing first, yes, it can be very offensive and invasive and traumatic potentially. And there was one other thing in your share. Yeah. I think it was around the listening part and, and yeah, just remembering the aliveness of, of everything and the intelligence, the high intelligence that our plant and flower spirit friends hold. It's so ancient, much more ancient than us. And so, yeah, just approaching with that respect and and reverence is so great. And I also love, you know, each morning I, I usually speak to the sun and before I ask Anything of the sun, or before I try to receive anything from the sun, I give first. Right? I I'm, I'm giving an offering. I'm giving thanks. Sometimes I'll give little doggy licks from our our doggy cookie that's laying <laughs> back here behind me on the video. You know, I'll be like, I'll give you puppy licks from Cookie Girl, and I'll <laughs> give you you know love from this cacao I'm drinking, and I give you you know whatever's just organically coming up that's been bringing me joy. I'll also give that to Inti. I'll also give that to the sun God before I ask to receive its codes or whatever it wants to give me that day. So, okay, now let's talk a little bit hibiscus. And I know we might not have much time because I want to honor the time that we've agreed upon for this interview. So can you give us the cliff notes of how hibiscus can help us? It works with our blood a lot, right?
1: Yes. Yes. And many people resource hibiscus mainly in T form as that diuretic, as that purifying factor, but it really also penetrates into the blood. It purifies the blood. And the reason why hibiscus and in Hawaii we call it kokio, the reason why it's so unique, especially now as we're experiencing all these different shifts and we're experiencing many mental, spiritual, but also we're in a physical mutation right now and perhaps many are aware that the physical mutation is the shifting from predominantly carbon-based into crystalline and crystalline means that our cells are becoming lighter now this takes us all the way back to the beginning of our conversation about the skill of levitating the skill of buoyancy once again and so our physical body is now matching that that evolution of ours and so we're transitioning from carbon into crystalline one of the necessities To purify the carbon base that we've been for so long is the purification of the blood. And so Kokio is recoding our blood as to make it an energetic match to the mutation into crystalline.
0: Okay. Okay. And so, all right. Can you give another example? Is hibiscus known just like on a more strictly physical sense? you know, according to your lineage, is it known to really help with skin disorder? I'm just giving that an example, but like, can you give another example of how hibiscus is known to help heal?
1: Yeah, most certainly. I i will share it like this. Hibiscus is known as that to which refines. Okay. Personally, for myself, I make a hibiscus salve and it's packed with the same ingredients that helps collagen, the regeneration of cells. People will apply it as an oil in lieu of hydraulic acid and and, uh, all any of those other things. And so it's a medicine of refinement. It's a botanical of refinement.
0: Okay. Love it. And then before we get into your brief closing ritual practice, there is no way I could have this chat with you today and not talk about the mea uli oil. Oh MG. Okay. <laughs> what I'm gonna say is number one, I don't remember ordering this. So I don't know if you just tossed this in as a surprise or how this made it to my house, but I'm so glad it did. So I open up the package and I'm like, oh yay, these are the remember, I'm just saying to my husband, remember the the Hawaiian guy that I'm gonna have on ceremony circle. This is all this stuff, and I was so excited and I'm taking everything out. and I'm like, Oh, what's this? I read it. And it calls to me. And I'm like, I don't remember. I even said this to him. I'm like, I don't remember ordering this one, but wow, this looks gorgeous. So I open it and I see that this, this oil is this rich, beautiful, deep shade of blue and just opening, you know, taking the lid off of it. I'm, I'm being enveloped by this scent and it just, completely draws me in. And I place just the tiniest little drop on my wrist. And I kid you not, I rub my wrist together and I do a really deep honoring inhale. And I'm sitting on the couch and I was no longer on planet earth. (laughs) I was not here. So many worlds and lands far, far away. To the point where I said to Luke, I'm like, I just need you aware that I am not here at this time. I'm not sure yet where I'm at, but I have been transported. And this is one of the most powerful things I've ever worked with. And then I went back on your website. I think that night I worked with it, you know, and I closed my eyes and I journeyed for a bit. And then later on, I went to your website to see what in the world, because I had never experienced that scent and I had never experienced that Type of transportation, I'll say. And so within this oil, there's just three ingredients blue tansy, blue lotus. And again, I'm just not good at pronouncing this, but the sorcerer's wood, which uh, the word is, can you say it?
1: It's Kawila, Kawila wood.
0: Kawila wood. So those three things, I just, can you explain a little bit about the power of this? Because it is otherworldly, literally.
1: Yes, mahalo. Thank you, Allison, for sharing your experience, because (laughs) this medicinal is in line to what you experience, which is to tap into our primordial memory and to take us into that primordial memory. Mea'uli in our culture means blue beings and the mu, the the primary civilization, which seeded consciousness here on earth in animate form, were known as the mea'uli. And so this grants us access to that civilization and so we understand also collective purpose as to why have we been seated on planet earth why are we all here as a collective of course there's a sovereign and individual but as a collective why are we all here and so this oil and this medicinal takes us back to the time of the founding of the civilization so that we can become aware of exactly why why is this all happening
0: Oh my goodness. And did I also read correctly? I'm not sure if this was on your website or me just Googling because I became quite obsessed with what was going on. Is it true that in, I mean, maybe there are some people, maybe even yourself in in present day, but I read something like to ancient Hawaiians, Lemurians, they would work with some or all of these ingredients to open up their channeling abilities and their connection to beings in other worlds. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, most certainly. And the wood, it's essential oil from the heartwood of kawila wood. And it's the wood of sorcery, but it's also the wood of of what we know as uila or lightning. And so it's that precision. It's that moment of precision, which allows everything to be crystal clear or what we call hoaka, where everything becomes crystal clear.
0: Well, it, this was one of the reasons I reached out and I was like, can you give my community a <laughs> discount? Like, because uh-huh. I want I, I know that. I, I'll just go ahead and say, I feel like everyone that's going to tune into this episode is just going to be totally engrossed and really digging everything that we're talking about. And so Keone has generously offered any of the products that are listed on his website. You can use the code Ceremony circle, I believe yes code ceremony circle and you'll get 10% off everything and anything product wise that, that he has on there because I think you guys can tell my passion for him and what he is co creating but I'll just reiterate again like I was born into the health and wellness worlds. You know, I've been in so many different dimensions of the consciousness, spiritual wellness space, my whole earth walk and many others. I know what is pure and I know what different essences are and what different embodiments feel like. And I don't say this lightly, Pohala and Everything that Keone has, I there's just no words for it. It's just so special. It's so unique. It's of such pure essence. I can feel the ancient, like, it's not that it's forbidden knowledge, but I can just feel this ancient knowledge that has just been held and probably hidden, rightfully so, at different times on earth. But now the opening up of it again and the unlocking of it again through Keone's generosity and his willingness to learn about his lineage and then to provide it to us, it's really rare and really special and very unique. So I will take a beat and a breath, but yeah, I just wanted to share how much I love it.
1: Wow. That was amazing. I'm convinced.
0: (laughs) It's just, it's really, it's really special. And I, like I said, I've been there, done that, smelled it, tried it, bathed (laughs) in it, immersed in it, voyaged with it. I've experienced a lot and there's something very, very different about what you have.
1: Mahalo. Thank you so much Allison. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you're you're very welcome. And you know, you're one of those guests that I before we even started recording today, I already have you like booked again like, you know, months <laughs> on the line because I saw on your website there's that movement practice that you do u- ule or ulu or
2: ulu. Ulu. ulu
0: mm-hmm. that was really speaking to me and I was like, "Oh, that's a whole other thing." And you just carry so much wisdom in so many different realms that I would love to have you back down the line and just have you cover bunch of other stuff because he has more, more products on the website beyond the fern and hibiscus. So I just highly recommend you explore, see what speaks to you. We'll obviously put all the information in the show notes and in the Instagram post, but it's pohala.net, right? P-O-H-A-L-A, pohala.net is the website And Ceremony Circle, when you put that code into, there's probably a discount code, little promo
2: code, promo
0: Mm -hmm. code area, and you'll get 10% off. Before we go into the ritual, where else can people find you?
1: You know, mainly, mainly the greatest hub will be my website because there's many links of where I'm also offering virtual workshops where I may be doing in-person workshops where there's access to private sessions with me. So pohala.net is a great hub. I have a really, really active Instagram account, pohala underscore Hawaiian underscore botanicals. And I nearly every day do something which I call the fern cast. And a fern cast is I just feel what's most vibrant in the feel for the day as of an emotion. And I just share certain qualities of that emotion. So I'm pretty consistent with that.
0: Oh my gosh. I love the Fern cast. I'm going to be tuning into the Fern cast. <laughs> Okay. Amazing. And I'll let you take it from here and and share however you feel compelled to close today's Ceremony Circle Voyage and just let us know, of course, the same spiel if you're driving, probably pause at this point, you know, wrap this up and do the ritual maybe when you get home and just let us know if folks should lay down, sit up and all of that jazz.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Yes. This ritual will require you to have your eyes closed. So just be aware of that. Perhaps return back to it after you're not driving. Come back to the recording. You can either sit up straight or you can lay down. We are gonna be using some of our hands to be placed on certain parts of our body, okay? Beautiful. What we're gonna be doing is something called Kulike, Kulike, and in the ancient language, that means to stand tall. And when I say stand tall, I'm speaking energetically. This is the ancient Mu greeting. And anytime you see statues with their hands in this position of Kulike, you know that it's a Mu relic. So the first thing we do in Kulike is you and I and all of we with our eyes closed, we just land, land. When I feel into landing, I am removing myself of fixations of a past and cravings for a future. I'm deeming this current moment sufficient. For me, there is nothing more interesting than this current moment. At my huelo, my tailbone, I feel this very generous tug. This tug, also known as sacred gravity, is connecting me to the iron crystal core of this planet. I remember that my relationship with this planet is not a punishment, nor is it an imprisonment. I remember
2: that this has been designed in mutual consent, and I am one of its engineers. Land. Only in this landing
1: can we make contact with these energy centers. I'll ask that we just lift our right hand. In lifting our right hand, we are in recognition and intimacy with our internal masculine. Let's restore our internal masculine, the uhanne, to its rightful throne, that of the pu'uvai or the heart space. Place your right hand over your heart.
2: Take a deep inhale through the nose and hold. Holding this breath, applying this oxygen in the pu'uvai, in the heart space. Fill that chamber with oxygen. And exhale through the mouth. Feeling our internal masculine relax.
1: Removed of urgency and conflict. Restored as the hero. Here in the Pu'u'vai, I offer a
2: mantra of our hero. Pa vale Pu'u'vai. Open my heart wider. Mahalo uhane, and I love you. Keeping our right hand over our pu'uvai, over our heart,
1: let's now make contact with our internal feminine. Let's lift our left hand, a moment of recognition and intimacy with our unihipili, internal feminine. Let's restore it to its rightful throne, that of the na'au or the sacral. Let's place our left hand over that
2: sacral area. Let's you, I, and all of we take a deep breath in through the nose and hold.
1: Holding this breath. Applying this oxygen in the Na'al, let's fill that chamber with oxygen.
2: Let's be generous with our internal feminine. And exhale through the mouth. Feeling the Unihipili expand, removed of obscurity and neglect, restored to safety. Here in the Na'au, I offer a mantra of our internal feminine. Ua malu. I am safe. Mahalo. Unihi And I love you.
1: And now that our hands are in the proper position known as kulike, a moment to integrate this right relation between the noun and the verb, the intention and the manifestation, the dream and the action, quantum and linear. And in this establishment of right relation and the sensation of right relation, now occupying our physical body, I will ask all of us to once again, inhale through the nose and hold. Holding, holding this right relation, as we exhale, we will exhale as a contribution,
2: our androgyny and exhale. In the proliferation of our androgyny, we utter three times in reverence, Aloha ma, Aloha ma, Aloha ma. Aloha ma means self-reflective love.
1: That is truly the space of energetic androgyny to no longer play
2: favorites, to be in right relation. That is self-reflective love. Mahalo. Mahalo.
0: Oh, I felt that. So you hold such healthy commanding space.
2: Oh, mahalo. Because
1: I feel that way about you, Allison. So like, yay. (laughs)
0: Great. We are both healthy commanders. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Well, I'm already looking forward to the next time I have you on. This was so great. I just, I feel invigorated and inspired. And, you know, it's always interesting, like whether it's a ceremony circle interview or an actual ceremony that I'm participating in or facilitating, it's like, it really runs the gamut for me in terms of how I might feel when I'm done. And I don't judge it, but sometimes I'm really depleted and need to go right home and go to bed. And, you know, it, it really is the full spectrum, but I am just grateful that today uh, ending this time, wrapping up this ceremony circle with you. I just feel like reborn in a sense. So <laughs> thank you for your generosity of your time and your wisdom and sharing about your lineage and us being able to be present with, with, with you and honoring your heritage and your ancestors and the land that you live on.
1: Oh, mahalo. It's such a blessing. And thank you on behalf of my lineage and behalf of the plant world. Thank you for resourcing me as a conduit. It's been a true honor. And I just want to share a saying in Hawaiian that perhaps could assist all our brothers and our sisters who may find it a difficult challenge to live right now. We have a saying and it is ko la ea, and it means concentrate on love.
0: Let me say it one more time.
1: Ko aloha la ea. Concentrate on love, please. Thank you, and I love you.
0: Aho, and so it is. Thank you, Keoni. Thank you to our Fern friends. Hey, Fern party. Fern party for life. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm geeking out. Like I take these everywhere I go now and I'm like, try this. I'm like missing my (laughs) friends. And Luke and I went over for dinner to uh, another couple's home. They're really lovely. And the woman of the couple, she doesn't really like to use titles to describe her, but she's pretty witchy. And I feel her shamanic essence, but she doesn't really describe it as that. But anyways, I brought the mea uli oil over to her. And I was like, if you're open to this can I have you try this because I just want to be a witness because I was just curious because we have a lot <laughs> of similarities I'm like is she gonna blast off the way that I did and she did yeah. she, she it really spoke to her and she also put it on her wrists and then did an honoring deep inhale she like sat back on the couch and just stayed with her eyes closed and she just voyaged and when she finally came back and opened her eyes she all she could say is wow what is that <laughs> um, <laughs> So yes. I am walking around Texas, sharing the Pohala and Keone love. So feels good. And thank you to the Soul Fam for sitting around the fire and, and co-creating and weaving with us and speaking and honoring the ferns and hibiscus and sorcerers wood and everything with us. Such a good time. And we will sit with you again next time. Thank you. Woo-wee! What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, allisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Alison Charles, so it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all. If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal, and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love.